The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is sponsored by MyBookie.ag. Log into MyBookie now and get yourself a 50% deposit bonus up to $3,000 simply by using the promo code SGP50. With MyBookie.ag, it couldn't be more simple. You play, you win, you get paid. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also sponsored by Oddshark. Head over to Oddshark now to get free picks from the supercomputer and expert writing staff. You'll also find the latest odds for every big game and fight from all the major online sportsbooks and casinos and betting stats and trends you won't find anywhere else. So head over to www.oddshark.com and give them a follow on Twitter at Oddshark. <laughs> Do you know what this means? 3-0. But also mean three premierships and I won more premierships alone than the other 19 managers together. Three for me and two for them. Respect. Respect. Respect, man. Respect. 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 Big, big breaking news. Manchester United have sacked Jose Mourinho. He was appointed in 2016 and he leaves the, the club after 144 games in charge. We need to get some reaction to this and we're going to get Gary Neville on the phone right now, actually. Gary, good morning to you. Thanks very much for coming on so soon after this news has broken. What do you think about this news, especially the timing of it? Has that surprised you? Um... I'm not sure really. I think the moment earlier on in the season where it was clear that the board decided that they didn't want to back a couple of Jose Mourinho signings, to be honest with you, at that point you finished as a manager. I think that from a club point of view, obviously they gave him a new contract last January. In the summer, uh, Jose obviously wanted to sign one or two centre-backs. Those one or two centre-backs were identified. And the club obviously have the ability and the right to say no to those signings if they don't feel it's right but you have to understand the consequence that once you undermine a manager or don't agree with his signing and you're going against them maybe for the right reasons from a club point of view but if you're a manager particularly of the sort of stature of Jose Mourinho you're on a collision course and what we've seen in the last three or four months is it play out in public and I said on Sunday after the game against Liverpool that Manchester United have been crawling along on the hands and knees minute after minute hour after hour, match to match for the last few weeks, months and it's been unpleasant it's been unsavoury um, you could see on the pitch it's impacting the players um, who to be honest with you at this moment in time just look completely I don't know what word you would describe to, but they look demoralised, some games they look disinterested, some games they look inspired for 20 minute periods but so inconsistent and the sacking of Jose Mourinho to be honest with you is a result of what happened last summer when Jose came back first day of pre-season tour and said basically he started sort of making complaints in the media you knew that this was going to rumble on and there had to be a sort of control uh, grabbed at that time it wasn't it played out all the way through the transfer window and a consequence of not backing your manager or going against your manager on one or two signings it never ends well can Manchester United score they always score Gates with a shot Cheerio! 
trophy. Beckham into Sheringham and Solskjaer has won it. What a 24 hours it has been for Manchester United fans. First, the surprise sacking of Jose Mourinho after Man United's 3-1 defeat to Liverpool at Anfield. Less than 24 hours later, the confirmation is in. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been appointed as Manchester United's interim manager with Fergie's former assistant, Mike Phelan, alongside him as assistant, as well as Kieran McKenna and Michael Carrick, who were assistant managers under Mourinho. Well, first of all, welcome back. Great to see you. How does it feel to be back? Wow, thanks. First of all, it's no, it's great. It's uh, it feels like coming home. I have to say, it's uh, it's been now uh, a few whirlwind days. Of course, it's been like uh, very hectic, but uh, just great to see everyone again. You're obviously caretaker for the rest of this season. Yeah. Do you feel that you can make your mark in that time? Well, it's. It's six months, and I'm gonna enjoy the ride. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm back home, uh, if you like. And it's, it's about seeing the players, seeing the staff. It's about, uh, uh, of course, just being myself. Uh, I know that the club's now running a process to, to find the next manager, so I'm just gonna be uh, myself in the in the meantime uh, with Mick, of course, and Kieran and Michael, and the rest of the staff. We'll just get the players enjoying football and looking forward to, to seeing the supporters again. Hello and welcome to the EPL show. As you've gathered from all of that footage that I just dug up, we have a new manager at Manchester United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the legend, the man who won us the 1999 Champions League final and treble is now the caretaker manager of Manchester United. Jose Mourinho has gone. He's been trying to lose his job all season. I don't think that he's entirely finished as a manager. But I think, like Gary Neville said, he was done at Man United at the start of the season. There was something always odd about Mourinho's appointment. The fact that he continued to live at the Lowry Hotel throughout his entire stay at Manchester was a big sign that this was never going to be a long-term replacement. He was obviously not going to be the man to replace Alex Ferguson and neither is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But hopefully the next guy that comes in, be it Zinazine Zidane or Pochettino, the two guys I talked about on the Champions League group stage show, sorry, the Champions League Futures show, covering the last 16. Uh, I talked extensively about that and I won't go on about it again. I want to focus on the EPL games here, but I wanted to put together that package for any Americans who weren't fully up to date with the coverage. If you're over here in England, you'll probably know exactly what's happened. It's gone from Mourinho to to Solskjaer. I personally thought they'd go for someone more experienced. Um, Lauren Blanc, would, I thought, would come in and maybe have some kind of audition because at least he could potentially take the job. But Solskjaer, who really has no chance of, of keeping the job and is seemingly accepting of that, is going to come in in, in the short term and has clearly said <coughs> he wants to bring the people back to Old Trafford. He wants to get the people enjoying, all well, the players enjoying football again and I think that says to me that Manchester United are going to go back to playing a more expressive style. And I'm going to go out of order here and do something that we don't usually do. So I'm going to cover the Manchester United game first tomorrow against Cardiff. It's at 5.30. And Cardiff are 19-4. to It's 3-1 to the draw. And it's 4-6 to minus 150 on Man United. 
I'm going to go completely out of order here, and I'm going to tell you that this is going to be my lock. And this is not a supporter's lock either. I cannot think of a better time for somebody to come in as the new Manchester United manager looking at Manchester United's running over Christmas and starting with a game against Cardiff, which is a team that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer managed, by the way. They also happen to be, on paper, the worst team in the Premier League. I think looking at recent performances, I would say Cardiff are now worse. Uh, sorry, Huddersfield are now worse, but I do see Huddersfield and Cardiff still going down, despite the fact that Cardiff's league position tells you they may put up a fight. I still don't think they're a good team. They've got a very good manager who motivates them. But ultimately, tactically, even he is a championship manager, not a Premier League manager. And I think in the end, they're going to get found out. And Man United, they have to win this game for the sake of the club. This has been an awful start to the season. It's been an awful five years since Alex Ferguson retired. The whole morale of the club and to bring back every supporter to get behind this manager and to get behind the new era and to have any hope that we are going to get out of this rut needs to start with a win here. And I'm willing to lock this up in under 10 minutes into this podcast, I'm willing to reveal my luck. I'm covering a 5.30 Saturday game. We've got a Friday game tonight with Wolves and Liverpool. But that's how confident I am in Man United turning the corner here. And it might not necessarily be long term. We're not going to win the Champions League, I don't think. I don't think we're going to finish in the top four. It'll be difficult to win the FA Cup. But short term, I do think that we're going to see a bounce. I do think the Mourinho factor and all that negativity being removed is going to see these players playing for the manager. I do think we're going to beat Cardiff. I do think we're going to beat Huddersfield the game after that. We've got the two worst team in worst teams in the league back to back. I do think after that we're going to beat Bournemouth at home. And I do think that after that we're going to be able to go and win at Newcastle. It only really starts to get hard when we get past that point and we look at January the 13th when we have our game against Tottenham away, which will probably still be at Wembley. I think that's really the point where it begins to get difficult. And it's and then even after that, we come back at home and play Brighton and then we play Burnley at home. And Mourinho could look at these games and say, well, there's a very easy run of fixtures and I've had a difficult start. But he is attitude and demeanour was completely unacceptable at times and I wouldn't be surprised going for those fixtures if Solskjaer opens up with six wins out of seven and maybe even gets a draw at Wembley that would be I think the dream start to take 19 points from those seven games and it's a real possibility and I think it starts here against Cardiff I do think Manchester United win this game and I'm going to lock it up real early here on the podcast Man United to get off and running under a new manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, with a win against Cardiff, a team I expect to be relegated at the end of the season. So now we go backwards to Friday, Wolves against Liverpool, where Wolves are six to one. It's three to one the draw, and it's four to seven on Liverpool. Trying to look at fancy picks for this game is a is a pointless exercise. Uh, Wolves have managed to stabilise themselves. At one point, it did look like they were drifting towards the bottom half. And now they've got all the way up to seventh. They're on a really good run. 
But I think it will come and come to an end here against the Liverpool team who are chasing the title, which is a surprise to me because I did think Manchester City would pull away. And I did think that Liverpool did look like they were a different team to last season. I thought they'd overcompensated defensively. Now it looks like they're finding the right balance. Now it looks like the tactic all along was to not press teams too hard at the first part of the season and possibly implement that full press towards the latter part of the season and try and get away with squad rotation as much as you can in the early part. Whereas in the second part, I think what we'll see, especially around about March time, if Liverpool's still in the title race, is pretty much the same team, give or take one or two players. Obviously, Shakiri can come in uh, he's he's going to be a adequate replacement for anyone. You can rotate between Wijnaldum and Cater and people like that, and you don't lose too much. You can rotate your fullbacks between Gomez and Alexander Arnold. Uh, you can play Lovren at centre back. You can Lovren, Lovren can rotate with Gomez. You know, Gomez is injured at the moment. They they have a few players. As I made a point on the Champions League show, Liverpool sixteen is very good. Liverpool's 22, not so good. Tottenham's 22, not so good. But Tottenham's 16, again, is good. Liverpool's is better because Liverpool have the back four and they have a goalkeeper who's better. Uh, I would say at the start of the season, it was a toss-up between Loris and Alisson as to who's a better goalkeeper because one was a World Cup winner. But Loris, like many France players since winning the World Cup, has gone kind of off the rails. This is a very simplistic pick for me. I'm just going to go for Liverpool to win this win this game it's within our price range four to seven and I do expect Liverpool to just carry on here putting some pressure on Man City on Saturday up next Arsenal versus Burnley where Arsenal are two to seven to win this game it's five to one the draw and it's ten to one on Burnley Arsenal have lost their last two games after going on an unbeaten run of over 20. Uh, however, they have won their last eight games against Burnley and five of them have been to nil. Burnley are struggling to score this season more than ever. And despite the fact that Arsenal are missing some vital defenders, I don't see Burnley using that as a reason to all of a sudden hit Arsenal on the attack. Arsenal are susceptible to the break. They are playing... <coughs> a press tactic where they don't have the defenders to do it against the top teams and it will leave gaps at the back which Tottenham found and basically ripped Arsenal apart. The Southampton defeat last week in my opinion was completely unacceptable. I don't understand how Arsenal ended up losing that game. I just think Southampton played out of their skins. I think Arsenal get back on track here and I think despite the fact defenders are missing it will be a to nil win which is available at 6 to 5. So that's Arsenal to win to nil available at 6 to 5. <laughs> Up next, Bournemouth versus Brighton, where Bournemouth are 10 to 11 favourites to win this game. It's 5 to 2 to draw and 16 to 5 on Brighton. Uh, I think Bournemouth are in the midst of enjoying a pretty bad run, which has seen them drop out of the top half of the table. There's only one spot that separates Bournemouth from Brighton now in the league table. Uh, I think Bournemouth may restore that gap between the two because they have had a better, better season than Brighton. To, to see these two so close together in the table is odd because Brighton are, are a team who would be in relegation consideration had the other teams below not had such mediocre starts. I mean, there's a massive, massive gap this season between the tops, the top five and, and everybody else. They seem to have raced away. There's even a gap between the top five and Man U in sixth place. So, 
it's an odd season in in that in that sense, and I do expect. Bournemouth to get back on track here with a win another simplistic simplistic win pick here for me I think Bournemouth win this game uh, especially with players back like Fraser's back and Callum Wilson is now back and fit and I think Bournemouth might get back to winning ways here up next you have Chelsea versus Leicester where Chelsea are the one to three favourites it's 19 to five the draw and eight to one on Leicester Claude Piel looks like a manager who could be on his way out very soon. Leicester are not playing well. They're not scoring goals. And sometimes they're not even in games. They gave a quite a spirited performance last uh, sorry, in midweek in the cup where they lost to penalties against Man City. But last week, losing away to Crystal Palace 2-0 is completely and utterly unacceptable given Palace's home record and the fact that Wilfred Zaha wasn't playing. There is a statistic that under Roy Hodgson, Crystal Palace have lost every game that Wilfred Zaha hasn't played and that run was ended when they played Leicester. So Leicester, despite the fact before that game they were unbeaten, sorry, before the Tottenham game, they were unbeaten in six. They were all draws, uh, give or take one game. They were drawing so many games and then they found themselves losing now two back-to-back games, 2-0 against Palace and Tottenham. They are a team on a decline, even though they sit 12th in the table and I can see Chelsea piling on to the misery here. Uh, I'm going to go for Chelsea to win to nil because as I said, Leicester have not been scoring a lot of goals and that is actually coming out at the same price as the Arsenal game, which is six to five on Chelsea to win to nil. Up next, you have Huddersfield against Southampton, where Southampton go to Huddersfield as the six to four favourites. It's 21 to 10, the draw and two to one on Huddersfield. I think Southampton might be able to win this game because Huddersfield have managed to only score three goals at home all season. They're sitting in 19th. They're absolute certainties to go down, in my opinion. Uh, But for this game, I think what we could see is a tight relegation affair that's ultimately won by Southampton. I'm going to go for a lack of goals in this game. I think it's an absolute certainty to go under two and a half goals. I may include this in one of my bets later, possibly the parlay, because I do want to get some action on this because it does seem like quite a certainty. It would probably be my luck if I wasn't so certain that Man United are going to get back to winning ways this Saturday. So I'm going to leave that out as the lock, but definitely interested in it at around about four to seven uh, at the under two and a half goals. Could see that creeping into the parlay later on because these two teams just don't score a lot of goals. I think Huddersfield's performance against Arsenal last week was an anomaly. In addition to that, no one's really talking about how badly Arsenal actually defended in that game. And Bert Leno was at completely at fault for, for Southampton's winners. Arsenal really should have gone on and taken the ball by the horns and won the game at that point, which is something that they didn't do and uh, ended up losing 3-2 to Southampton, which is a terrible result for Arsenal. And um, I don't think... I think it says more about Arsenal's lack of concentration and uh, complacency in that game than it does about Southampton's new manager restoring 
some uh, pride and passion in, into the team. I, I, obviously, they didn't get that in his first game away to Cardiff, which is usually when players play for a manager. And he's made some very odd comments this week about his own team already, only two games in, saying, oh, it's amazing how now we've won a game, so many players are fit and ready to play and they're not shaking injuries. So what are you saying already? You're saying that some people faked injuries because they didn't want to play. They just wanted to collect their salary. It's a pretty brazen thing to say when you've only been in a job for two weeks and you've just won one game against an Arsenal team that were not at it. So, odd comments there, but I do think he's a good manager looking at his... um, looking at his um, past and other accomplishments, etc. So I do think that Southampton will probably win that game, but under two and a half goals is a better bet. Newcastle versus Fulham. Newcastle even money, five to two to draw and 14 to five on Fulham. I think Newcastle win this game. I think Fulham are really, really, really struggling. I don't know if Ranieri was the right appointment. Um, I think Fulham have to start winning their home games against teams around them. This is an away game. And I think the emphasis is on Newcastle to win at home and get themselves out of their own relegation troubles. They've done really well lately, getting themselves up to 14th. Fulham are still bottom. And by the end of play on Saturday, Fulham will still be bottom because I don't think that they'll get anything out of this game. And I think even if they got a point, they'd still be bottom. West Ham versus Watford, where West Ham are 13 to 10. It's 5 to 2 to draw. And it's 19 to 10 on Watford. By the way, I have missed out the Man City Crystal Palace game. I will get to that next. Um, I heard a statistic on the radio that for the first time since 2006, West Ham are going for their fifth win of the season. And this was lauded around like it was some amazing stat. I didn't even know West Ham had ever even won five games in a row in the Premier League. I wouldn't have expected them to. They're primarily a mid-table team. They at one point were a yo-yo club that went between the Premier League and the Championship. So I'm surprised it's ever been done. But it has a chance to repeat itself this Saturday against the Watford team. Now, West Ham also have a chance to win their third game in a row at the London Stadium this Saturday. Everything there says to me that West Ham won't win this game because they haven't been great at the London Stadium and they're not a team that win five games in a row. And yeah, Manuel Pellegrini's got them playing and Felipe Anderson looks incredible, but it's still West Ham and statistically they've not been able to do this in the past yeah they've got themselves up to ninth in the table but this is the same Watford team that went and got a draw at Everton who I think have a better home field advantage than West Ham do I'm going to take Watford here on the double chance to avoid a defeat here at four to six I just cannot see West Ham winning five in a row and three in a row at their home ground where the supporters don't even like watching them play West Ham fans are very anti London Stadium and uh, I'll be surprised if they win five in a row and three in a row at home I really will be so here we go, Man City versus Crystal Palace, the game I missed for some reason. Uh, maybe because Man City are one to eight favourites to win the game, 13 to two to draw, and 14 to one on Crystal Palace. What do you do with this one? Well, Palace are a team sitting in 15th place. They don't seem to really score a lot of goals. In addition to that, Man City are a team who are still short of clean sheets. They now have only had one in the last six weeks. And that was in a 4-0 win, I believe, 
at West Ham on the 24th of November. That's correct. So before that, it was a 6-0 win at home to Shakhtar Donetsk in the Champions League. After that, they followed it up with a 3-1 win against Man United. And then they beat West Ham 4-0. And then it was a 2-2 against Lyon, a 3-1 against Bournemouth, a 2-1 against Watford, a 2-0 defeat against Chelsea, 2-1 win against Hoffenheim, 3-1 against Everton, and 1-1 against Leicester. And then they ended up winning that on penalties. Before that Shakhtar game, they had a 6-1 win against Southampton. And before that, 2-0 against Fulham, there's a clean sheet there. 1-0 at Tottenham, there's a clean sheet there. 3-0 at Shakhtar, there's a clean sheet there. 5-0 against Burnley, there's a clean sheet there. 0-0 at Liverpool, there's a clean sheet there. And then before that, it's a 2-1 win against Hoffenheim. Before that, there was a 2-0 win against Bournemouth and a 3-0 win at Oxford and a 5-0 win at Cardiff City. So I believe what I just read out, I believe that was 9 out of 10 games they had a clean sheet. And now all of a sudden, they've not, they've only been able to keep one in the last six weeks. My point is, is that they obviously can defend, but are obviously going for a spell where they're suddenly starting to leak goals. They are obviously still winning those games, which their league position reflects, which their Champions League qualification reflects. But at the moment, whatever they were doing at the start of the season, be it even more difficult, a more difficult run-in, because obviously the games where they did keep clean sheets, apart from the away game against Tottenham, do seem to be slightly easier than the current run-in that they've had. But should they be conceding goals against the likes of um, Shakhtar Donetsk or or Hoffenheim or Watford or Bournemouth and, and or two against Leon. I'm not sure. Um, Man United, I, I suppose, is absolutely fine. Um, the 2-0 defeat against Chelsea, yeah, it's, it's bad that they lost the game, but conceding two goals against Chelsea could happen to anybody. I think Manchester City get their clean sheets back on track here. I think Palace is a defence where they can get it sorted out. In fact, over this period, they, they play against three defences where they could get their clean sheets back up. Palace at home, Leicester away, and Southampton away. So, And that leads into the game against Liverpool on the 3rd of January. So going into that, which will be a massive game, I think Man City would prefer to have three convincing wins via clean sheets so that they ride in with all the momentum and manage to get the victory over Liverpool and take them over at the top of the table. Because obviously last time out, these two teams played out a nil-nil. I'm expecting a very different game the second time around. But here I'm going to take Manchester City to nil as that of generous price of 10 to 11. And uh, I do think that Palace will find it difficult to score against Man City this Saturday. So moving on, I believe there is only one game left on Sunday to cover. I'm trying to have a look. Yeah, it's only Everton versus Tottenham. That's the only game we're putting on TV. So they're the only teams left to play where Everton are two to one underdogs. It's 12 to five, the draw and it's five to four on Tottenham. How distracted will Tottenham be by the speculation linking Mauricio Pochettino to the Man United job. It didn't seem to bother them in midweek. They did beat Tottenham. I predicted they would beat Tottenham on the Champions League future. Uh, sorry, they beat Arsenal. They are Tottenham. What am I talking about? They beat Arsenal. I predicted that they would be able to do that. I just felt that Tottenham have a very, very strong 16. And that doesn't even include bringing in Harry Winks and Skip. Or, or even Sissoko. I don't really consider those a part of that 16. When I talk about a strong 16, I'm talking about uh, the two fullbacks and the two additional attacking midfielders that they have and, um, and the extra centre-back. 
so I don't really refer to the likes of Winks and Wanyama and Skip and Sissoko when I'm talking about that, or even Foyth, who's another who's another centre back. Maybe Tottenham Strug squad has got a lot stronger than I suggested it was. Even on his podcast, I suggested that Tottenham and Liverpool have a very strong 16, but the squads are not up to challenging for the title. But Maybe they will do. I think Wembley could be a hindrance because Tottenham still don't like playing there, but they do like playing away from home and Everton recently have struggled more at home. Whereas I said they beat lower half teams at home and struggle against the top sides. That's not been the case at all. They've been struggling even against the lower half teams. I know they're trying to play this specific brand of football, but what they've been finding difficult is the ability to break teams down. This team desperately need to sign a striker who can put away the chances that they make. And uh, unlike a team like Cardiff, uh, sorry, like Huddersfield, who have only scored 10 goals in the whole Premier League this season and have an expected goal total of 11. Now, expected goals, league tables, a new thing where they, it calculates... In, their, in its opinion, chances that you should take and then calculate a new league table. Everton are still creating a lot of chances, but they're not scoring them. And until this team sign a top striker and don't continue to play Richarlison out of his position, I can't back them against a top team and a top team like Tottenham. So I won't be doing that here. I won't be taking Everton at home in this one. I will be making Tottenham my official pick here and it's available at five to four. So... That concludes the preview part of the podcast. We're now going to move on to the lock dog parlay. Uh, currently, the locks are sitting at 15 and 5 for the season. So, very happy with that. We did get to the 75% mark with Liverpool being Man U as much as it hurt to watch it. It was a good result for us. And it was a good result, actually, for United fans because it did spell the end of Jose Mourinho. But as I said at the top of the show, don't have any issue with Mourinho. I've got no disrespect for Mourinho and don't think he's done as a top manager. I just think it was very difficult working at Man United when you fell out with so many people. And I just think his man management is a bit poor um, and he needs to improve that if he wants to stay a manager in this day and age he needs to actually learn that some of these players are oversensitive and might need an arm around them and be encouraged as opposed to being told what they're doing wrong continuously but I'm taking United as the lock here on this show um, for the dog I'm going to go for West Ham and Watford to have a draw this weekend can't see West Ham getting to five wins in a row. Can't see them winning three home games. But they are slightly better team than Watford on paper. So to outright pick Watford to win this game is a bit of an overreaction. I think it would be excessive to go that far. It wouldn't surprise me entirely, but I'm just not willing to lay it. I'm going to go for the draw in this game simply because there is no brilliant underdogs I think this week has been pretty much priced up correctly as for the parlay I've gone for Arsenal to win I've gone for Chelsea to win and to boost it up as I alluded to earlier I've gone for Huddersfield and Southampton under two and a half goals a hundred pounds on that will return you 262 so that concludes this week's EPL show make sure you check me out at my website lockbetting.com for the European show which in the last two weeks has extended its lock run to 14 and 2 for the season in addition to that 
the prior week, we went 9-0 and with our picks. And last week, we went 7-2. and So over the last two weeks, we've gone an unbelievable 16-2 and over on that show. And uh, the previous week, it was lock, dog and parlay that was landed. So make sure you check that out. It's over at lockbetting.com. That's my website. There's loads of other bonus content there as well. We're going to be covering a lot of boxing this weekend. Big fights here in the UK. Carl Frampton versus Warrington and the battle between Derek Chisora and... Dillian White with the winner probably going on to face Anthony Joshua. But that concludes this week's EPL show. Let's hope Man United get back to winning ways. That's it from me. Have a good Christmas and as always, good luck with your bets. <laughs>